This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the program, we have Olympic weightlifter and gold medalist Hidalin Diaz, who hail from the Philippines. Diaz, a four-time Olympian who won silver at the 2016 Games in Rio, made history again as the Philippines' first ever Olympic gold medalist at the Tokyo Olympics, lifting a record 127 kilograms in the 55 kg class division of weightlifting. Her road to gold wasn't easy for the Filipino, COVID-19 restrictions leaving her to battle gym closures, lack of access to weightlifting equipment, and of course this amidst the backdrop of the uncertainty of whether the Olympics will happen at all. This all while living in exile in Malaysia since February last year, where she was based in Jasin, Malacca, training in a makeshift gym in a car parking lot. The Tokyo campaign wrote her into Filipino sports folklore, putting her alongside the ranks of Filipino boxer Manny Pacquiao as one of the best athletes out of the country. She joins us on the program this week as we kicked off the conversation by asking if she's used to the term national hero yet. I don't know if I'm used to it, but for me, it's like I'm used to gold medalists because I need to, you know, to put it in my body, put it in my mind that I'm gold medalist before I won the gold medal. And national hero, I don't know. You are a national hero now. See that way. <laughs> I, I don't know, but... For me, it's uh, I feel humble that I give inspiration to the mm. kids, mm. especially in Philippines and now in Malaysia. So mm. I'm really happy uh, that God used me to inspire all the, you know, all Filipino and Malaysian also. Yeah, great stuff. I mean, for an athlete, every athlete, the Olympics is like the pinnacle of your career, right? And to step onto the first place to get the gold medal at the Olympics must have been your best moment of your life so far how did it feel like tell me a little bit about it of course uh, i think it's it's our best for me it's my best moment um you know i've been dreaming mm. winning a gold medal i've been like manifesting it i've been you know planning to win but i did not you know i didn't expect that it will happen that day or I don't know if I did not expect, but I'm really expecting that. But I'm surrendering it to God and I said, like, His will, His will be done. Because I cannot do anything if the, you know, some some things cannot happen, our plan will not push through or, you know. And I'm so grateful that I we able to perform well uh, and represent our country well together with Team HD because I'm not alone when mm. I win the gold medal. Mm. Um, you not just got the gold medal in Tokyo, but you also set an Olympic record. You lift a combined weight of 224 yeah. kilograms. And, and I'm sure when it happened, you were you know a, a bit overwhelmed by emotions. But now that you had months after, you know you had time to sit and reflect, how would you um, describe your Tokyo Olympics campaign? Uh, with the... Olympic record, you can, like, I did not expect that I do an Olympic record. Mm. It's a nice bonus, you know, um, right? I just want to win, yeah. I just want to win the gold. Mm. Um, 
You see, like the 99 kilos in snatch, I supposed to have an Olympic record with that. Mm. But it like put I put it in my mind. Oh, it's an Olympic record, and I get overwhelmed. But with this 127, I just leave it without thinking anything. Like, oh, it's Olympic record. No, I just have to do it. <laughs> yeah, and that yeah. 127, right? Um, you've never lifted a 127 in a clean and jerk before, right? But when it matters, on that day, you did it. And I guess that's what that matters. I watched replays of you doing it. You did it quite perfectly. You know, one movement, one motion. Did you surprise yourself yeah, that you managed motion. to lift it up? Yeah, actually, I get surprised that I was able to clean it. Then I go up because when I clean it, I, I'm a little bit um, had the confidence on my clean. But, you know, I have a perfect jerk. Mm. Like, that's what my coach said that. When I clean, I can jerk. So I'm like, I know already that I can win the gold medal. Mm. But of course, it's unexpected. Like, I can do it. I can beat the China. I can be number one. Yeah. And win the gold medal. It's like, for us, it's for the Filipino, it seems impossible. Mm -hmm. But I was able to do it and I won the gold medal gold medal that we've been dreaming for for 94 97 years 97. Mm. and 97 years and you know um i just want to say it's a journey i've been in weightlifting for 19 years yep. also mm. and you know i won the silver medal in olympics then i uh i have a lot of like controversy way back in the philippines mm-hmm. and Good thing I have the team HD that believes in me, although many people like keep bashing me and keep telling bad words. But for me, I keep going to my why, and which is the Philippines. I love the Philippines. I love weightlifting, and I love what I'm doing. And I believe I can win the gold medal in Olympics. And that's why. You know, even yeah, there's a lot of naysayers. Ah, oh, you cannot do it. You're already, uh, you know. Um, I don't know if Laos. You know, um, you're old already, lah. You're old <laughs> already. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you proved them all wrong, Hidden. You stepped up there. You got the yeah. gold medal, and I'm sure, you know, everyone had to shut up <laughs> and just celebrate with you. And I think as us for Malaysians, because we know your story. You were stuck in Malacca for a good nine months. We felt a small part of happiness as well, even though you know we're different yeah. countries. We felt that victory was something we can enjoy as well. And thank you for bringing that to us Malaysians, Hidden. Um, I want to talk about your time in in, in Malaysia. Um, so you came here. You were stuck for a year, and especially last year, you know. Oh um, yeah. Especially when the Tokyo Olympics um, was postponed, you know. How did you react to that postponement? Yeah. Uh, first, I, I just want to share to you why we go here in Malaysia. Yes, please. Uh, because we're always going out, uh, you know, going out to do isolation training in in Taiwan. Then suddenly, you know, um, COVID started like early February, right? Mm-hmm. So they just closed their border to everyone. So. Good thing my coach uh, has a friend, a coach here in Malaysia. So he, they talk, uh, okay, we can train already. Malaysian welcome us. So we train him in MSN. Mm. So they la- let us train. We train there with the national team. Then after that, um, 
Asian Championship. That's supposed to be my last competition for Olympic qualifying. They said they will cancel it. Okay, mm. we'll compete in other competition, which is in Colombia. Okay, we, we buy ticket, we go, we decided to go. But two days before we go in Colombia, um, they said that the border is closed and we will close the gym. Everyone's go out. Mm. And I'm like, and my coach is like, what? Only two days, two weeks, okay. Two two weeks, okay. We okay. <laughs> we we look for a place. Yeah, okay. We look for a place. Then, of course, uh, two weeks. Oh, you know, two weeks no training is a big problem for us. Yeah. One week, uh, it's still a big problem. Three days, it's still a big problem. No training, it's like what? Three days, no training, it can't. We sh- we need to look for a place, but everything close lah. We decided to stay in a condominium. In KL, yeah. Um, we borrow, yeah, in mm. KL, near in Bukit Jalil. So we decided to stay there. Then, because everything closed, the gym closed, only the grocery could open. So we just borrow um, kettlebell to friends, to the coach. Yeah. Then they just we just train in the condo. Mm. Yeah, for how many weeks, months, uh, we train there. Actually, when we're, you know, we're like, oh, I, we cannot train like this anymore. We cannot like only put water in a gallon and do lifting. We have to borrow plates. So mm. I message everyone. I message like uh, all the people that sells gym equipment. If we can rent because we cannot own it. Because we go back to the Philippines, so we just like, can we rent? Mm. So there's a one one gym, one business or company message back. Okay, we can rent you lah. It's Eleko and it's like Silfit. So they rent us out. So I was able to train even though we're in um, in condo. condo but yeah. it's really hard, you know, when you live in the condo. Then when you want to to put it down, you just have extra effort to put it down slowly slowly right you have to be very careful yeah slowly <laughs> then you know we train then you know even though we're in lockdown we find ways mm. then yeah um like june they open already right they open the border state borders go yep. out so interstate, interstate open the everything yep they open already so we can train again okay we train then after we train there's another lockdown so i was like what again i don't want to train in condominium Mm. Uh, so that's the story why we're here in malacca then when you know every day it's like anxiety for me Mm. that's you know as an athlete we're always looking forward for olympics we want to to compete for olympics we prepare for that but every day whenever there's a bad news about olympics we're like crying i'm crying then when they announce that postpone mm. i just cry and i'm mm. like what's next what can we do mm. we're here are we going home i don't have direction anymore and like is it sure that the olympics will push through next year mm. it's hard lah. it's hard it's hard 
to to do it. It's hard to. I remember everything. You you had a mini mental breakdown of sorts, right? With all this, you know, with the uncertainty with the Olympics, and what helped you is that you went to talk to your sports psychologist, right? You know, um, yeah. To tell me about the uh, tell me about the importance of keeping mentally strong as an athlete. You know, being an athlete, everyone expect us to be strong. Mm. Everyone expect us to perform well, but we're human too. Yeah. But good thing we we perform well because we are surrounded with people who understand us, who listen to our needs, who listen to what we say. Mm. And good thing I have the sports psychologist um, were there to guide me, to tell me, to advise me what to do mm. or how to handle things. And she said. You know, heights. Just take it day by day. Don't get pressure with 15 another 15 months of preparation. You can do it. We are here. We will stay, and we believe in you. That's something that for me um, really important. That was Olympic weightlifter and gold medalist Hidalin Diaz. More of that conversation to come. So stick around. Only here on Banan on BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, my name's Daryl Ong and you're tuned in to Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. This week on the program, we've been speaking to Filipino weightlifter Hidalin Diaz, who etched her name in history books after clinching Philippines' first ever Olympic gold medal, where she dominated the 55kg final at the Tokyo Olympics. She's also part of the Filipino Air Force, where she serves as a staff sergeant. We asked if her time in military prepared her in any way for her weightlifting success story. For me, yes. Uh, being in Air Force makes me um, helps me be more disciplined in my training because Air Force is like military, right? Um, yeah. You need to be on time, military mm. time, mm. and with Air Force, you need to follow orders, and and that's also like. Although I'm a little bit different, but I I also I'm a follower also. And being an Air Force, what I love being Air Force is we're there to serve the Filipino people. And me as an athlete, I'm here to serve and represent the Philippines mm. and the Philippines. Mm. And talking about following orders, Hidalin, um, you call your coaching team Team HD, right? And uh, one of your coaches. It's a boyfriend who you just got engaged to, so congratulations uh, for Thank that. Thank you. But tell me about Team HD. You know, tell me about your coaches. My coaches is the one who helped me, and Coach Gao is the one who do the weightlifting program. He do the uh, technique. Mm -hmm. He always like he's the one that checking my technique. Then Coach Julius, he's the strength and conditioning coach, and. He do the program for strength and conditioning for developing my small muscles, mm. my to conditioning me or strengthening my other uh, muscle for me to be more strong. Not only in weightlifting, you know, um, because if we do weightlifting, it's like uh, there are some muscles that that cannot be worked. So that's how Julius entered. And nice. mom, Miss Jeanette Arrow. Is my sports nutritionist. She's the one that um, 
gives me the meal plan mm. and in competition she's in charge with my food with my um, timing in my recovery because we have to weigh in two hours before our competition so yeah you, gotta keep- you know food is really will yeah will help you to perform well mm. so with food coach julius and coach gao their program it uh they give it to mom jeanette because the my food will depends on the program Understand. i have for the week mm. yeah for sports psychologists you know um mom jeanette uh, mom karen trinidad she's a doctor in the um universidad uh university of santo tomas it's a known school in the philippines okay and She's more on mental toughness, mental preparation, mental mindset. You know, um, that's what athlete needs also. Mm. We're only like, we cannot, yeah, prepare physically, but mentally we're not prepared. We're be, sometimes, me, sometimes we cannot do it. Yeah. You know, sometimes you cannot perform because of pressure, because of expectation, because of all this external. Yeah motivation you know mm. um there are things that makes uh there's are factors that you cannot perform and then you know if i don't have uh and also i just want to add like every week uh i go to sports uh, massage because i need recovery so i go to doc wong here in malaka so every week we go there so nice. I really need a recovery. That's yeah. great. Cannot do it alone. Yeah. Studying about coaching myself, um, studying about sports science, studying about food, studying about um, mental preparation, mental yeah. toughness. Yeah, can be it done. It will take mm. forever for me to understand yeah. it. And maybe I will not be champion if I do it. You know, that's why there should be a team. Yeah, it's always great to have your support staff, right? And then just someone from the outside yeah. looking at, at your performance and telling you objectively, you know, what to do and stuff. But I want to bring you back to something you mentioned, nutrition and diet, right? I found out that while you were in Malacca, uh, you really love the spicy dishes, especially the asam pedas, right? <laughs> I'm sure you can't yeah. eat that before competitions and stuff like that. But tell us a little bit, you know, before a competition especially, you know, what's your diet like? What, what do you have? Um, because I'm dropping weight, my body weight is 57, 58, uh, if I don't drop. So I have, I need to drop three kilos. My food is more on less, uh, less, oh, less calories, less, less rice, less carbs, less protein. Mm. So I basically, I have to less everything and still train um looking back at your career you know you scored gold in you scored gold in tokyo but with the highs come the lows right uh, you're talking about um rio they got the silver you, and then i'll bring you back a little bit more to london 2012 um you dnf'd uh, at that uh, olympics um how did you manage to pick yourself up again after that you know and put that out of your mind and keep moving forward bring me back through the through that time after you know after DNDA, I feel so embarrassed. I feel like failure. I feel like, oh, that's what I said to myself. But, you know, after two weeks, I was able of crying. 
you know, uh, people surround me, the Filipino people in London, they said, you know, just use it as a stepping stone. It doesn't mean that you make mistakes now. You will be a failure forever. Mm. You can go back and train for 2016. I said, yeah, I will come back and go back and I will compete in 2016. Mm. Yeah, mm. if you have dreams, you it's possible and you just have to be more... You know, working hard, consistent on your doing what you're doing, sacrifice everything, and be more disciplined. Mm. And Surround ma- yourself with the people yeah, that sure. will help you. For sure. And now, Hidalin, that now that you you had achieved your dream, you know, you got a goal at the Olympics. What's the next dream for you? Uh, to have my degree in college. It's it's been my dream that I I'm, you know, keep post and you know it's hard to do, but. Mm. I, I need to do it. It's one of my dream. Then second, of course, hoping to, to get married. Then next year, then next dream is to have business. Next dream is hoping that if I will compete in Paris 2024, I have also people that I inspire to train with me and hoping that we'll, they will win. Well, sounds like you really have your life planned out already. That's great. Oh, <laughs> ah, it's all in my mind. It's That's all great. in my like. Paris is only three years ago, yeah, so I just exactly. have to cross my hand and and hoping that you know um uh the qualifying is possible for me. Great stuff. I have a couple more questions, Hidalin. Uh, this one's about the stigma of um, weightlifting being a male-dominated sport. I understand when you started. You started at a really young age, Hidalin. About eleven years old, you started, right? Um, yeah. When you started to take this sport seriously, um, I also read that your mom was against it, right? How did you change her mind? Yeah. You know, as a parent, I think I changed her mind when she saw me enjoying the sports. And she saw the opportunity the sports gave to me. Hmm. I was able to you know, have a scholar to go and compete. And I was happy doing it mm. when I was a kid. I'm still happy now. <laughs> but, you know, um, I think she supported me when she saw that I'm enjoying it. And for me, it's hard to look for a sport that I excel. Mm. Because, you know, uh, when I, we were young, I was young, um, I tried a lot of sports. It's part of... Um, um, physical education program curriculum mm. so there's sports but I'm never excelling in other sports but when I joined weightlifting I'm like oh this is my sports it's a calling uh, yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you know it, it came to a point where you know your mom was okay with it but you know the general public in that sense were you were still cautious about it right you had to wear jackets to cover up your muscles when you go out and stuff now, now that you've won gold, a gold medal at the Olympics, do you think Filipinos, at least, are more receptive now to female weightlifters? Um, I just uh, want to tell you, like, because of growing up of stigma or myths about, you know, men is for weightlifting only is for men, not for women. So growing up, I'm always insecure of my body, of myself, that I'm a weightlifter. I'm... I'm hiding behind the doors or you know hiding behind the those jacket big jackets and 
I'm not proud who I am. Mm. But when, you know, I had an injury and I started to love the sports, I started to appreciate the sports that it's the sport that God gave me. So I have to be proud. And this is the muscle that God, you know, uh, this is the muscle that I work hard in training. So I have to be proud of it. Mm. And, you know, um, I think I had that influence after I win the silver medal. Before that, I, I'm just like, I don't care if I wear top tanks or tank tops or what do you call it, the sando. I don't care if they say I, I'm Amazona or macho. You know, I don't care. I just love what I'm doing. I don't care. But for for the Filipino right now, I think I had the influence now and they said like, you know, we just have to love ourselves. We just have to love the who who we are. Mm. And that's I think that's the influence that I gave to them. Yeah. The accepting who they are. Mm. I, th- I think your feat in Tokyo and your career basically has inspired many female weightlifters, not just in the Philippines, but around the world. You know, the people around the world are looking to you as an example. Um, what advice will you give to youngsters who wants to get involved in Olympic weightlifting? Please join weightlifting. When you started, of course, um, you will feel like it's really a difficult sport. Uh, but when you started to love it, it's a very interesting sport and please, please enjoy it, doing it and find a coach that will help you to grow, uh, help you because it's very technical. So for your safety, find a coach, a good coach. Yeah. And then yeah, um, you can do it. Dream high as Olympics because mm. me, I started as nothing. Mm. So you can do it and you know, in every sports, there's no instant. You cannot be instant champion. So it takes 19 years for me to win the gold medal. Maybe it takes for you four years. As long as you're consistent and doing your best in training, you can do it. Believe in yourself and surround with the people that will help you. Great. So, inshallah. You're, you're now currently preparing for the uh, world championships in Peru. Uh, no? It's cancelled. No. Oh. Uh, no. I'm, well, I, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but you know, five weeks to prepare is not enough. Mm. So you're not going? Yeah. But I don't know with my coach. Is it okay to say? <laughs> okay. Tell me then, what's your what's on the horizon for you for the rest of the year and, you know, beyond 2021? Are there, what are the upcoming competitions that people can watch out for? Um, for 2021, I just need to go back and train. Uh, you know, go back to basic and have those callos. And have this, you know, and have all the pain. So that on 2022, I'm ready for Sea Games and Asian Games. My mind will be ready for um, for qualifying for Paris, hoping. After that, I just need to know how to qualify for Paris 2024. Great. Um, last question. Looking back right now, you're an Olympic champion. What would you, if you had the chance, what would you tell? <laughs> yes, you are. What will you, what will you tell young Hidelin? Will you do anything different? Uh, young Hidelin, uh, I just want to tell young Hidelin, you do, you did great. You really did great. So, won't change a thing. Dreaming. Dream high. <laughs> I won't change anything. I don't regret doing anything. I just, you know, I'm enjoying my life, enjoying the the things that I had right now. Um, you know, uh, I don't regret when people are um, saying bad things to me because I'm doing that for 
you know, for the Philippines and for, for to win the gold medal. So for me, I sacrificed my studying, I, the time with my family, the time spent with them, but it's worth it. I, I had no regret. That was the inspiring story of Olympic weightlifter and gold medalist Hidalin Diaz. And with that, we've come to the end of this week's program. If you'd like to revisit that interview, do head over to our website real soon, www.bfm.my forward slash bar none. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can tweet us at BFM Radio. My name is Daryl Ong and this has been this week's Bar None, the show that brings you through the ins and outs of the sporting world. Join us again next week only here on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.